All right. Good morning and welcome back to episode three of Generation Education. So last episode, we talked primarily about setting up those expectations, setting up a good environment. So now what? Now what are you going to do that you have a good environment set up, your settings good, your routines are kind of in place, and, and what are you going to do now? You have 180 days of school. So what do you do to keep students from misbehaving? Mr. Heater, let's talk a little bit about that. How do you keep students from misbehaving? I mean, what are some of your precautions that you're going to take? I would say one of the biggest things that I deal with is especially teaching on a block schedule like we do here at the middle school and the high school is chunking things in like 15, 20 minute increments. Most kids and even most adults can't handle really much more than that. So making sure that each activity is kind of short and concise and doesn't just kind of drain on and on and on so that you don't have those discipline problems as you kind of go along. Um, one of the other things I kind of do a lot is making sure that like we're incorporating movement in the classroom. So like for uh, notes and things like that, like a lot of times I'll put like the signs and things up on the wall and the kids will physically get up and move around rather than sitting at a desk and working. Obviously, like it's pretty easy for me for the kids who don't want to get up and move or the kids who work better sitting. Like that's an easy alteration where like I have those kids move sitting at a desk working, but just kind of giving the students choice in how they want to kind of knock certain things out. So that's sort of a big thing, which kind of leads into my other part with this too, of providing multiple ways of learning in each class. So like whether it be group work, whether you're doing auditory, visual, kinesthetic, uh, individual learning, things like that, not just doing one type of learning for an entire class period. And especially with the middle school and high school schedule, the way it's set up, it's an hour and a half is a long time doing the exact same thing or learning the exact same way. So it's kind of breaking it up, making it easier for kids. So, Mr. Vito. Yes, sir. What would you do as far as uh, how do you handle misbehaving in your kit, in your classes? So as an elementary teacher, I mean, it's it's pretty much the same, man. I love what you're saying about, you know, chunking things up. Um, we were to teach in elementary school a full I believe it was 120 minutes of English instruction a day. So that's two full hours you have to fill. So you have to split that up appropriately or students are going to get bored. If you teach a third grader two full hours without chunking to some extent, without different activities and active engagement thrown in, you're going to have a lot of misbehaviors. Um, and what you need to do is keep students busy. Anytime there is downtime within the classroom, students are going to find a way to misbehave. A busy classroom is a well-behaved classroom. Like I said, absolutely no downtime. Teach from bell to bell at the middle school. Teach in your schedule. Teach from your time limit to your time limit. Um, so with students in the elementary school, with no downtime, I always had things called must and mays. With the must, these are things you have to do. You have to get your assignment done. You have to get that test done. Um, with your maze, you can read a book. You should always have a book in your hand. You should always have a good fit book in your hand in elementary. Um, I always had centers available for students, uh, math centers, some form of a writing center. There was always things that you could be doing that were a little bit less pressure than you know the test and those things that you absolutely must get done but it was always constructive. And no, in elementary school, coloring is not a may. When I see students just coloring in a coloring book, drawing stick figures, whatever, 
I get it if you need a little bit of a de-stress, but that should not go on for more than 60 seconds. And, you know, if I see something like coloring at the middle school level, uh, it's going to be a big no for me, Mr. Heater. (laughs) Kind of one of the other things that I kind of do in my classroom, too, is like I get bored very quickly and very easily. So sort of my general thumb is if I'm bored, the kids are definitely bored. Mm -hmm. And just kind of having those backup plans in place, if something falls through or doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go, or let's say maybe the kids were really on it today and got something knocked out way faster than you anticipated, that constant over planning again and again Mm -hmm. and again to make sure that you always do a backup plan in case that happens. Exactly. Over plan, front load your lessons. I love that. And I love what you're saying about if you're bored, they're bored. What about if you're fried, they're fried? It's Friday. They call it fried day for a reason. <laughs> but, <it's, laughs> but I'm bummed. Yeah. So Friday, you know, your kids are worn out from the week. You guys have been working your tails off. Um, so what do you do? I, I mean, you can't just say, well, guys, we're going to have 30 minutes of free time at the end of today. That's not going to fly. So you have to have those things in your back pocket, like those books to read, like those kind of low stress centers where you're still being constructive with your time, but it, you know, it's, it's not high stress for you and it's not high stress for them. So you're just always being productive. And I think that kind of like ties in really well with like, if you think of like training muscles and things like that, like you shouldn't do like successive hard days in a row. So same thing whenever you're learning, like I wouldn't do a bunch of really hard days in a, in a row because like that's going to be the quickest way to fry kids' brains. And another thing that kind of ties with that is like pay attention to your schedule. So like if it's getting up close to like winter break and things like that, like maybe you kind of pull off the gears a little bit, still have the kids doing stuff, but not something that's going to require thousand percent brain power that day. So it could just kind of things that are still uh, kind of rehitting things that you've learned maybe some things that are going to incorporate a little more fun topics, things like that, but just making sure that you're kind of giving them sort of a little bit of leeway within the week and kind of pay attention to your schedule so that kids can stay on track and they don't get burned out like you do as well. I love it. All right, leading into the next part here. So uh, talked about some of the things that we do to prevent misbehavior, but let's say, you know, the obvious is going to happen here. Mr. Rita, what do you do whenever misbehaviors do occur in your room? Are you telling me that students misbehave sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes a little bit, yeah. So first things first, let them know you mean business. You're here to learn. You're here to work. This is your job. This is their job. That is the absolute number one priority. Why are you here? Get work done. Get your learning in. So you want to have that balance of this is work, but this is also a fun, safe place. Um, my students always knew that, Hey, Mr. Vito is a fun guy, but he doesn't play around. He, they knew I'm, I mean business. Um, so when they did misbehave and they started, they started to get that, uh, you know, very stern Mr. Vito talking to, they knew, Oh crud, I might lose recess today. You know, I might be getting that consequence. But before I ever took away anything from my students, I always use that guiding hand, that guiding principle. I hold a, I held guidance talks with them. Um, I, I want to let them know between right and wrong. You know, they're coming from such diverse backgrounds of such different types of home lives. Maybe they don't know what exactly is acceptable and what's unacceptable. Um, how I speak to them and how other people speak to them it might be very different and how they speak to other people might be very different. So you have to let them know, Hey, these are the school's roles, how you play at home. That's one thing, but this is, this is our school's roles. Um, you know, consequences are necessary. 
you know, simple, quick, you know, recess detention, lunch detention, those things are absolutely necessary. Um, but beyond that, you know, give your consequence, let it go. Bad days happen, start fresh and let them know that you're starting fresh the next day. Um, you know, don't, don't let consequences hang over their heads more than a day. Um, so I think we'll come back to a couple things in here, but what do you do whenever you have some of those misbehaviors, Mr. Eater? I mean, you've kind of nailed sort of everything right on the head, just kind of expectations, expectations, expectations. So just kind of hammering those home every time you have a little disruption or misbehavior in class, going through and pulling the kid aside. And sometimes that's like in the hallway. Sometimes it's over just on the side of the room somewhere, but just so that it's not a verbal altercation in front of everybody because that's going to be the quickest way to make sure that it doesn't escalate even further than that. And then kind of going through and doing the reteaching. So this is what's expected. This is why we do it this way. Okay. What are some ways that we can handle this in the future? Like if it's something where the kid is just frustrated, like what are ways that we can manage that frustration? So just going through and like talking it out with the kid and hashing it out and trying to figure out ways to prevent this in the future. And, you know, again, hitting that expectation piece. And a large part of this, too, is going to be driven by those relationships that are formed earlier in the year. Like if you have a good relationship with a kid, like they're going to be able to open up and be able to tell you what set them off and maybe ways that you can kind of fix that in the future. If you're not building that relationship piece, like this is going to be another one of those little struggles because they're not going to want to talk to you or maybe like there's something they're going to be holding back on you and you're just going to get kind of the blank stare look at you. Yeah. You know, that that resiliency and it always comes back to relationships. Um, you expect students to be able to bounce mm. back almost like we as adults can bounce back, but they, they don't have those social skills yet. So you have to always be the adult in that situation to, you know, bring them back on and have that relationship with them so they can open up to you. And, and, I, and I honestly think another great thing you said, too, was the uh, making sure that every day is a new day. Like. Mm -hmm kids are pretty resilient creatures and like just giving them like, you know, the kind of wherewithal of like, I know we didn't have a great day today, but just tomorrow we're going to go ahead and start off on a fresh foot. We'll try it again and making sure we're not holding all that baggage against them because a lot of these kids are coming with a lot of baggage. Yeah. And you know, if you have one of those students, you know, in elementary school, we've had those before. And if you have one student that just kind of it almost seems to wreck a lesson or, you know, just turns a lesson absolutely on its head. And the day is just kind of shot from there because it turned everything so upside down. How are you going to handle that situation? You know, they just had an absolute meltdown in your classroom. Students are looking at you like, well, what, what are you going to do now, Mr. Eater? What are you going to do? What are you going to do now, Mr. Vito? And so, so what are you going to do when that single student just kind of turns things around and it happens? What I would do in that situation is, like Mr. Heater said, pull that student aside, talk to them individually, because honestly, they're embarrassed. They're going to be embarrassed. They just put on a show in front of 28 other kids, and now they're just, what, supposed to come back into the classroom like nothing happened? Well, you've got to talk to them and explain to them about how things are going to get better when they do come back in. And you know what? It is okay to the next day hold a classroom meeting with your entire class and say, guys, something happened yesterday. You know, don't call the student out. Don't embarrass them further. But hold that classroom meeting and say, guys, something happened. We're going to let this go. We're off to a new start. You know, when this happens, let's react like this. We're mature here and we're learning. So, yeah. And that kind of ties in with that whole expectations then for the class then too. And mm -hmm. you can kind of use it as a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. 
All right, so we talked about kind of what are you going to do as far as whenever kids misbehave. What on the flip side then? How about what are you going to do, Mr. Vito, whenever students actually do behave and do what they're supposed to do? Oh, this one, this one's pretty quick for me, man. Positively reinforce. Say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing right now. I love how on task you are. I love that you're working right now. I, I just walked into um, a, a teacher's classroom yesterday, and I, I just acknowledged a couple students by names and said, oh, my gosh, I love how on task you guys are. I love that you just asked an on-task question. And some of these students that I saw and that I was praising are not always on task. So I, I was honestly impressed. Um Acknowledge them by name. Acknowledge specifically what they did. Give them those fist bumps. Give them those high fives and just move along. Don't make a big deal about it, but just say, you're doing great and I'm beyond proud of you. Sometimes they need to hear that. You might surprisingly be the first person to tell them that you're proud of them. So, And, and I think a large part of all these points you're kind of making right now with this is don't just do these types of things to check off a box. Like, be authentic about it. Like, if you're impressed with someone, like, let the kids know. There are going to be some kids who, like, would love for you to, like, announce things in front of the class and, like, let the whole class know what's going on. There are other ones where it's just, like, slip them a little note on their desk and things like that. So just kind of knowing how the kids are and how they're going to react to things is going to help you with even this piece as well of making sure that kids continue to be on task and are doing what they're supposed to do based on, you know, the relationships that you formed with them early in the year again. Yeah. And I think another thing just that'll build relationships, and I just have this as, you know, I have a list of tools of things that I would love to use in the classroom. And, um, you know, these are just things that have worked for me. Um, and I know you do this fantastically, Mr. Heater, is you get involved with their sports. Um, it, it, that's just another relationship piece. You know, go show them, hey, Mr. Vito's or Mr. Heater's coming to watch my basketball game. They're coming to watch my soccer game. You know, get involved with that so you you know, you, you dive into their lives in a really authentic way. I, I love that authentic relationship, Mr. Heater. You know, like just even last night, like me and a couple of teachers, we went over and we're watching the girls play volleyball over at Skyline and, you know, had just seen the girls 15 minutes ago because they were waiting for their bus in the gym, but saw them over there. And it's like, you know, we haven't seen each other in a year almost by the excitement they saw of just seeing their teachers there and seeing, you know, you being involved in their lives a little more. I love it. Um, so I want to touch on a couple of, you know, just elementary tools that I've had um, some success with and some things that I, I do as an administrator um, here at the middle school level. You know, first of all, at the elementary level and at the middle school level, I love I love utilizing um, the acronym SLANT. And I actually had a visual poster of it. Um, so SLANT stands for sit up, lean forward ask questions, nod yes and no, and track the talker. This is an absolute must in my classroom. I, you know, sometimes you'll have to remind students, hey, is everybody slanting right now? Um, and then you would see all the students start to sit up and lean forward and do that. And, and sometimes slanting, um, tracking the talker, that, that stuff takes some practice. You want students to be tracking you as you're moving throughout the room. Um, because, you know, good teachers, good teaching is moving throughout the room using your entire environment um, to your advantage, letting students know that, hey, you're there. You're not just going to be sitting up at your desk or sitting, standing at the front of the room teaching. Um, another thing that, like I said, I had the advantage of using at the elementary school is a color chart. Um, it's pretty similar to Class Dojo, and I know a lot of elementary schools utilize that. Um, it, it's really the same thing. It just kind of reinforces the you know, positive and negative consequences. Um, I think all teachers at every level should be using some form of, a, of an attention getter. 
um, you know, have some iMessages and some mini lessons. And something that I love doing here is, you know, if I'm doing a guidance talk with a student, sometimes I can see them like check out and I'm talking directly to them. <laughs> um, so I always, I always finish with the question, what did you hear me say? And sometimes they surprise me and they're like, oh yeah, you just said this. And I said, okay, great. Um, but sometimes I'll say, what did you hear me say? And they're like, oh, I wasn't listening. I'm like, well, okay, let's listen and let's, let's, let's reiterate this whole guidance talk that I'm trying to get at. Um, and it, kind of going along with that point right there, like one of the things that we do a lot in our room, especially like for labs is, you know, you go through all the directions and you go through the demonstration and then, you know, half the kids were zoned out or not paying attention or mm -hmm. lost interest halfway through. So a lot of times we'll do like a turn and talk or like have your partner describe something for you and things like that. So like just going through and like reiterating the main points of it or having someone else go through and like describe the directions for you as well, just so that we are hearing them a second time as well, because, you know, sometimes Mr. Heater gets a little boring to listen to. <laughs> and, and don't get mad at your kids. Don't get, don't get upset whenever, you know, you have to reiterate something. It happens. Mr. Heater, have you ever zoned out before? Uh, never once or yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't get upset with your kids for being human. They're just little humans and it's our job to get them taught and get them moving in the right direction. So, yeah. One of the other things I like using in my room is we do a lot of stations. So just getting the kids up and moving and mm -hmm. like breaking up and using different learning methods for each station. So like having an auditory one and a kinesthetic one and things like that so that you're breaking up and like, kids can have their little minute or two of, you know, learning the way that they want to. So maybe they're going to do some other ways that they don't like as much, but, you know, they still get that one learning method that they do enjoy doing. Love it. All right. So I think we touched on some really fantastic things here for some classroom management. And I feel like we could talk about this for another 18 to 20 minutes, but um, I think we're going to wrap this one up here today. Um, hopefully this is helpful for everyone and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. See you later.